You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. Feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's a lie. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Earth Station Who. And we are here to talk about episode four. That's right, folks. Number four is in the books. And the doctor gets to meet another historical figure. That's right. Nikola Tesla. And it is a wonderful episode called Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. And was it a night of terror for us to watch this like last week? I don't know. We'll just have to talk about it, and we are joined, of course, by the lovely and talented Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is especially great to be here after last week's episode. (laughs) We've been refreshed. We have. We really (laughs) have. And we are actually also joined by Alan Seiler. Welcome, my friend. Hello, hello. How are you? Oh, it is great to have you back on the show, sir. It, It is always a pleasure. I always enjoy it. Oh, it's it's fun because I always like because you bring a fresh take, but you also are very open minded about Doctor Who, and you've been a fan forever, like all of us here on the show. And mm-hmm. it's just it's nice to hear your thoughts on it and to get a fresh take on it compared to us grumpy people who were here last week. You know, <laughs> and I think that's why if Mike- I were here last week, I may have been grumpy too. Yeah, I think that's why Mike Gordon actually is not on the show tonight. I think he's still recovering from last week's <laughs> episode. That was just too much. He's just like, I can't <laughs> handle it this week. I need to take a week off, Mike. I got to take a week off. So, yeah, no, he is he is presently disposed. He's off being entertained by the band. That's right, the band's performance. He's seeing it tonight, and he is off having a great time. and. Good luck to you, and hopefully, you know, he'll be back next week. We'll have another show to go to. Oh, wait, no. That would just sound weird if he did that, you know? (laughs) I'd be suspecting something right there. (laughs) But we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. You can find us up on social media, up on up on, you know, Apple Podcasts. You can find us up on Stitcher, Spotify. We're going to be up on more and more places, too. Um, We're working right now to get us up on iHeartRadio, even, and a couple others. So cross your fingers, wherever you can think of podcasts, wherever you listen to them, the Air Station Who podcast will be there. Of course, you know, we have always loved talking to people. We get a lot of comments and such up on social media like Facebook and we have a Facebook group. You know, if you ever want to join in, we please, we're always looking for new members. We're always looking for people to sit in like Alan is tonight for the show. You know, if you have a passion for Doctor Who, we'd love to hear from you guys. So please 
let us know. The best way is the email address. Of course, we want to give a big shout out also to our patrons on the ESO network, which we are here at the Earth Station Who podcast are very happy to be part of. And you know what, folks? We, you know, couldn't do this without you guys, you know, for as little as 25 cents a week, you could be a patron of the ESO network. And, you know, we have different levels. We have a dollar level, we have a $5 level, a $10 level, and a $15 level. Each one has different perks, including possibly being on Earth Station One and being in the geek seat. It's pretty, it's pretty scary and exhilarating at the same time. And I think, you know, all three of us have been in the geek seat and we still have the scars to show on it. So I've never recovered. No, that's why you come on the show each week to, it's your kind of therapy, I think. Yeah. Well, I never left the station after that. That's also a curse that might actually happen to one of you people at home. You never know. But we do got, you know, a lot of cool things. We have exclusive shows. You could hear shows like Earth Station Who, Earth Station One, and the new season of the Dragon Con report is starting up next week. So you'll be able to hear that coming. You know, Dragon Con, yes, is only nine months away, folks. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's already almost around the corner. Yes, start working on your cosplay. Start thinking about which Doctor Who guests are going to be there. I'm rooting for Christopher Eccleston. That's just between me and you guys. <laughs> but I just would love to see more Doctor Who guests at dragon con i think it would be a blast so with that being said let's jump in now and we are going to be talking a little bit of news um one thing they did announce nothing with the new series uh but they have announced that they are putting out another blu-ray release of doctor who and this time we are getting season 14 which is basically the heart of the hinchcliffe era which has the end of the sarah jane and Tom Baker era and getting right into Le the beginning of Leela and Tom's era. So you have, this is the era of Dr. Who that I actually started watching with because the talents of Wei Chang was my very first episode that I ever seen in Dr. Who. So this is kind of special for me, how they chose this season. I have no idea. It almost feels like they're just going dartboard, dartboard, dartboard. <coughs> Well, yeah. not really, not really, because every one of the ones that they've picked so far has some sort of a a story arc. Um, you've got Trial of a Time Lord, you've got Tom Baker's final season, which has the E-Space trilogy and goes into the Master trilogy that kind of bridges over into Peter Davison's first season. So you've got some continuation there. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be doing season 20, which has got a couple of, uh, story arcs in it. Uh, they've done, um, uh, Tom's first one, which is all connected stories. Well, it is cause you have the whole space station mm -hmm. and exactly the whole thing. I so guess it's it all so far. It's all. And of course they're doing Sylvester's third season, which all the stories are interconnected with Ace's backstory. So it's all ones so far that lend themselves to the modern binge watching sort of mm -hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. But season 14 doesn't really fit with that. But it, it Well, okay. It kind of does because Leela's three stories were basically a story arc. And that was the only thing that she was contracted for. And there's a very distinct beginning, middle and end of her story. And, had she left at the end of the season, um, 
But when Graham Williams came in, he talked Louise into staying for another year. So, but it's also the, the, the season that has the most classics. It's got um, the three Leela ones. It's got Sarah Jane's last one. It's got uh, Deadly Assassin. So it's just one of those seasons that you can watch from beginning to end and it flows. So, so far, that's kind of the way that they've been picking them. Now, they're going to run through all their potentials, you know, in in pretty short order. So they'll have to start, you know, just doing the average season. But so far, it's been sort of binge-watchy ones. Well, of course, they're doing the best first. And then they'll go into a lot of the Colin era. <sighs> and then the early uh, Sylvester era. And then they'll, you know, some some of the not so. I'm sure they're going to do a key of time, though. I bet you that's one of the next ones. Oh yeah, oh without a doubt. Yeah, that would be awesome to have those all in one on one set, which would mm-hmm. be awesome on Blu-ray, especially. Especially. Have you seen any of the Blu-rays yet? Oh yeah. How how are the restorations? Um, a lot of them are really, really good. Um, the best thing about the sets are, is the, the special features because they have a a whole lot of new features on each one that are just fantastic. One of my favorite ones is a, a, a feature called behind the sofa where they have some of the cast from the season that you're watching. And as well as, uh, some of the actors from different times of the show who might be seeing these stories for the first time and they just get their reactions it's like a it's like a uh, an audio commentary except you're watching it happen and they react to the scary bits and they laugh at the funny bits and and it's it's really great but they've done some really really creative uh features for these things so that's the best part to me that's awesome and that actually you know that makes me feel good and the possibility of trading in all my, you know, seasons, <laughs> you know, yep. I, I have bookshelves yeah. and bookshelves and bookshelves of, you know, all the different single stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, eventually it'd be nice to cut those in half in some ways. Yeah. There are a few, I mean, most of the special features from the DVD releases are ported over to the Blu-ray in addition to all the new Blu-ray stuff, but there are a few special features that didn't get included in the Blu-ray, like from the old DVDs. So I, I haven't got rid of any of them yet. No, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn because it took so long to get them. <laughs> I know. Like, you know and yeah. everything. I remember just... at Gallifrey, maybe it was 10 years ago, somebody, uh, there was a guy who was, uh, managing the classic DVD range. And one of the fans asked, so is there a chance that we'll ever see Doctor Who on Blu-ray, maybe in complete season sets? And the guy was like, well, there's really no way to remaster these things in a, you know, in a, in a way that would look good on Blu-ray and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And anyway, why would you want to see them on Blu-ray? All it would do is show how cheap Doctor Who looked. And he said it in a, in a funny and loving way. He wasn't, you know, denigrating the series. But at that time, there really wasn't a way to, you know, make these things look good on Blu-ray. But now there is, and it looks spectacular. Well, exactly. And it's, you know, it's how a lot of the more modern TVs can take regular mm-hmm. DVDs or Blu-rays and take them up to almost 4K quality mm-hmm. and yep. everything. And it's 
it's we're benefiting from that now. Yeah. Which is awesome. And you know, the spookier gets spookier, the zippers get zippier, and you know, right. the, the strings on the spaceships get stringier. Yeah, get stringier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. But you know what? I love all that stuff. Oh, I do it, too. That's what doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. either. I love it too. So, and then it's it's the awesome thing about it, and you know what? This is you know one of the great things about being alive in this kind of technology era. Yep. And everything. And we're benefiting from that. So now let's just hope they find more old lost episodes or animate them real quick. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> would definitely love that. All right. That's it for news. Uh, we do want to get started right away with the new episode because we got a lot to talk about. So we're talking all about Nikola Tesla's night of terror. I'm Nikola Tesla. Shame you're a big fat liar. No! It could look like anything, be anywhere. Prototype death ray. Ah! I believe you want to see this. This is going to be something special. The fourth episode of the 12th series of Doctor Who. And we go back to January 2020. Wow, that's almost like today. <laughs> and then we're talking. So it was awesome because all right i'm gonna just put it out here mike gordon and i were actually talking about this before the other day didn't it feel like this was also kind of like a closet pilot for a nikola tesla show in some ways no i did i very much felt like it the amazing adventures of nikola tesla i thought that would be an amazing show for bbc to do or big finish if you're listening come on you gotta go for it do you remember a million and a half years ago back when i think it was upn when they first started there was a show called uh, the, the whatever adventures of Jules Verne, and it yes. was kind of a steampunky Jules Verne thing. Do you remember that? That that could be a, a you know Tesla could have a show like that. Well, look at everything he was inventing it was very yep. steampunk, and yep. it's the right era for it too. Yep, or that, or even a a crossover with a little bit older Paternoster Gang or something like that yeah. would be a great audio. Well, maybe maybe that's where they found the Silurian gun. Yeah. Oh. In the episode. Oh. <laughs> it becomes clearer. Damn All of it makes moon. sense now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, I actually, I love that about this episode, that it had that whole steampunky aesthetic. I love watching the doctor build things, pull on her goggles and build things. That yeah. was just really fun. It was awesome. And it was it was a fun story. And I'm glad you didn't see the doctor right at first. I'm glad it went mm -hmm. right into Tesla's story to introduce him, build his character, and find out about him. Yes, because in that in the last episode, what what was really missing was character development, and I was so happy to see that in this one. I mean, you really felt like you got to know Tesla a little bit and his world, and I I I loved how they did that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep, agreed. And it was interesting because you felt you got to know Tesla. You got to know his assistant, uh, Dorothy Eastwood, Scarrett. Scarrett, yeah. Yep. And then you also got to know how, remember how much of a scumbag Edison was. 
Yeah, he would, that was not a not a nice portrayal in, in, of Edison in this one. They, it, they it were, was, but it was very true to life too. Yeah. Oh, I love that they went there. I, oh. I love love that they showed him as as the capitalist and got in that. You know, it, th- this this episode also had a message like the last one did. The last one hit you over the head. This one had a much subtler message, but it still it got across very powerfully. You know, two messages, really, one about immigrants and, and how their ingenuity helped mm. build this country, and mm-hmm. also about stealing other people's ideas and not giving them credit. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and Edison is famous for that. He would steal people's things, put a patent on it, and people would not be able to fight back, especially if they were like immigrants, like you had said, and didn't have, you know, the money to fight them. <coughs> Did we recognize the actor playing Thomas Edison? Oh, Robert Glenister? Rob, he he played uh, Salatine way back in Caves of Androzani. Oh, yes, that's right. That, yes. that w- I knew I had seen him in another Doctor Who. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yes. Yep. And, every, of course, everyone also recognizes Gorin because he's been in a zillion things. Oh, yeah. He's been all over the place. You know, you know first time I think mm-hmm. I saw him was E.R., yeah, yeah a, most yeah. people, I'm sure. And I thought he was the star of the episode. Oh, he was oh, amazing. He, he was fantastic. Actually, both of them are. I really, people have, have really singled him out for his performance as Tesla. But I think that Edison was done really well, too. I think the two of them were, I mean, the whole cast was great, I thought. Yeah, and they, they played well off each other, too. Absolutely. Oh, very much so. And I loved Edison, you know, going, you know, oh, can I, where did you get this from? Where did, like when he was in the TARDIS and I loved it. And Graham was like, you can't have it. He's like, well, you're British, aren't you? (laughs) And it was just like, it was just, it was just awesome. And he was so slimy. He played it perfectly and everything. But, you know, you and he wasn't even the villain in this, so which even yeah. made it better. No, that actually, yeah, the, I like that they didn't make him just black and white. I mean, there was some nuance to his character. He wasn't all mm-hmm. bad, you know. He did do some things to help them out. Yep. He was, he was very, I mean, self-centered, and and that definitely came through. But he wasn't, he wasn't completely irredeemable. And, and absolutely, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought he was very well written. I mean, oh God, it was nice to see decent writing for a change. No, exactly. I it. And the doctor was perfect in this. I thought Jody wasn't too over the top. I think she mm-hmm. was perfect. She was great in this one. And yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, she was amazing again. She's always amazing. She, I agree. She always is. I love her every week. Oh, in the highs and the lows, I we've we've always said it on these shows is ever since her first episode, it's not her that's the problem at all. Mm-hmm. These, yeah. these, it's the story writing sometimes, or it's the directing or such. But this one, I think, was one of the best episodes of her era. I'm going to go out and say it so far. Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy this one. I mean, there were some clunky bits. Like, I think the whole. The Skithra Queen was pretty clunky, clunky and over the top. Yeah, but it was clunky and over the cl- over the top ten years ago when it was the Ragnos Queen. Yes, what? Well, and I don't what, understand. 
No! What was the logic there? When I, I do point. not understand why you're going to do basically an exact copy of, that, I mean, and, and not connect them somehow. That was really I bizarre. thought it was her when I first saw her. Of course, when, the, when, the, <laughs> when you saw the image in the trailer, you think the Ragnos is back. Yeah, yeah it looks which would have like made her. sense. It, but it, I just didn't understand what the point of that, that was. And in fact, I will say the first I've, I've seen it twice now and I enjoyed it much more the second time. The first time I really started to lose interest when the aliens came in. When it was a story about Edison and Tesla, I was into it. And I think it's because, and this, and this also ruined Runaway Bride, is that the, you know, arachnid-ish queen is so cartoonish. And yes. it's different actresses playing the two, you know, these two parts, the Ragnos queen and the Scythra queen, but they're playing it exactly the same way, basically. And it just, it just doesn't do anything for me. Oh, exactly. And the makeup of her face and the teeth is almost exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. It just, that, that made no sense to me at all. I, Why I would she didn't. even be humanoid? <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, at least the Ragnos queen was a full spider. This right. chick just kind of walked around as a biped and, but still had a big stingy tail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just, yeah. It just looks silly. Why weren't any of her followers the same way? Why were they more, you know, looking like scorpions with weird heads? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's the the, the chase scene with um, Edison and Yaz running through the streets, being chased by these big monster uh, scorpions, was not entirely successful, I think, because and it was all in the animation because these CGI scorpions would like you know run around a corner and skid into a wall, and then they'd tumble all over each other, and it was almost like a clown act. Yeah, well, when it didn't cartoony. have to be a clown act because you're you're literally animating these things and you're doing making them do exactly what you want them to do. So, why? I mean, it was just a matter. It was just a way to have, you know, Yaz and Edison, you know, not get caught. So right. I just thought it was silly. I just didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I I mean I agree that the aliens were the weakest part. Oh the yeah. Episode. Well, are you ready to have your your minds blown? I was just doing a little research while you guys were talking. The actress who was yeah. the queen was on Sarah Jane Adventures as Ronnie. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of I her companions. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it. I, well, she was under so much makeup, and she looked so much like mm-hmm. on The Runaway Bride. You know, yeah. so it was just like, oh. I'm blown away. You know, it's like, okay. It's like, okay, so that's what happened to her. <laughs> she mm-hmm. became an alien. Okay. That's what happens when you don't get to, you know, have Sarah Jane to guide you, I guess, you know. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm very, in- I was very impressed. You know, you had a little Yaz in this one more yeah. than yes. uh, Ryan was still a waste in this. Yeah. Yeah. He had his moments. Yeah. Mm, not as not mean? I I was happy to see Yaz get a little Oh yeah, more. absolutely. Cuz Oh yeah. Exactly. And you know, I like her I, I like the actress. I like the character. I just want them to do something with her. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I it actually was like her moments between her and Tesla were really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was great to see that, and I was finally they gave they gave her something to do. I mean, yes, Ryan didn't really do anything, but you know, when you have three of them, somebody's going to be in the background. And it was Ryan's turn. The only thing Ryan did was like, "Come on, you can jump. You can make it." Like, okay. And, and yeah. Graham didn't take over. Mm-hmm. The, Graham, Graham was good though. I liked it. You know. Yeah. I was, I, you know. Yeah. He didn't take over. He was. He was a companion. He wasn't a you know somebody who was competing <laughs> with the doctor. I was kind of disappointed where none of the companions knew who Tesla was though. And everything. Well, but I think they're making the point that everybody knows who Edison is, and Tesla always fought against being in Edison's shadow, and that his legacy isn't as strong. And that that, that was the point they're making. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's they're just true. showing how 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 dumb us twenty first century people are about who Tesla is. <laughs> yes. Now, see, I, I learned about Tesla in school. You know, and I didn't. I, in high school and such, our no, teachers taught us. Tesla coil and all of that? Yeah. Our science teachers. I mean, I, I know about a Tesla coil from other places, but not from school. Yeah, we learned about it there. And then also, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. In the Smithsonian, they had mm-hmm. Tesla stuff, you know, some yeah. of his inventions and stuff. So, and I didn't learn about his rivalry with Edison until I was way into college and such. Mm-hmm. So... But it's, it was interesting. And, you know, growing up also in New Jersey, you know, basically Edison walked on water, you know, up there. You know, he was, you know, the master of Menlo Park. You know, he basically, that's where, you know, he discovered electricity and the light bulb and blah, blah, blah. Now we find out he stole those ideas. It's like. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Exactly. So it's interesting. <clears throat> Okay, we mentioned it earlier. Do we do we think that is is the Silurian gun just a cool prop, or do we think that that's going to lead somewhere else in the season? That's a good question. That is a great question. I think it actually was a prop because the doctor had mentioned that the Scorpion Queen basically was stealing technology mm-hmm. from everywhere, and so they had a Silurian gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had more of a feeling that it was just a prop than that. It Me was too. Anywhere. Yeah, but there and I, there have been rumors that Silurians were going to be in this season for at least the last six months, and so I was just I, I thought it was really interesting to see that gun show up. I mean, who knows? because I had, you know, I have, I've got a couple of friends who work on the show and they have sworn up and down. There are no Silurians. Now, are they saying that to not divulge secrets or because it's the truth, you know, and then a Silurian gun shows up and, <laughs> and I'm like, aha. Oh, I don't trust anybody who exactly works on a, works on a TV show. You know, you ask them a question. Come on, you can be honest with me. It's just between the two of us. And right. you know, they go, no, no, no. And then the two weeks later, you bastards. You know? Right. Yes. And yeah, especially, you know, something with Doctor Who and you. a lot of them were sworn to secrecy. Oh, of course. I know. You know how many people were surprised that it was the master, you know, nobody, yeah. nobody yeah. knew that. That was one of the best surprises on Dr. Who in years. I will say that 
at least the the one thing that I have really enjoyed about the Chibnall seasons is that a hell of a lot more has been kept under wraps. I agree. There has been a lot less revealed ahead of time, either in press releases or in trailers or whatever. Now this season, they, the trailers clearly showed you that we were going to get Jadoon, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple of other things. Yeah, you're going to see we the found out, man. Yeah. yeah. Most of that came from uh, fans taking photos of location shoots. So that's obviously going to come out. But there's there's still other things. And the Master is one of those things that was not revealed. The last time the Master showed up was in the Capaldi one with uh, Missy, the Dr. Falls. And the at the end of that first episode, um, the Master reveal was so incredibly well done. And that was um, Rachel Tyler Lay, director, and she built that scene up so incredibly beautifully to where his reveal was like the high point of the episode. Only the BBC announced two months earlier that Johnson was coming back to Doctor Who as the master. And it was like, why write your episode that way if the BBC is just going to spoil everything for you? And so they, they have done a lot more of keeping secrets in the last two seasons, which I have greatly appreciated. Well, exactly. And it's bravo for them. I want to see more surprises this season and I'm hoping we're going yeah. to get it. Yeah. Or anything. Oh, there, yeah, there, there, there'll be more. Oh, I hope so. Cause I think, you know, it make a friend of mine was mentioning this. And, th- and actually I think I saw it also on your Facebook page, Alan, that it was Sunday night. And you weren't all that thrilled to watch Doctor Who. You forgot that was on. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, but I had another friend of mine who did something similar. And he says, "When's oh, crap, Doctor Who's on tonight. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I know. And it for any other time, it's like, oh, we got to plan around it. I don't care what else is on. You know, I don't care that the Screen Actors Guild Awards are yeah. on. I want to watch Doctor Who, you know. That type Absolutely. Yeah. That actually, that happened to me too, me and, and my sister. We usually, you know, really look forward to, to watching it together. And it's, we, I think we forgot about it until it was already half over and we ended up watching it on Monday. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, that had, that had kind of happened to me the week before too. Like it was like Sunday had rolled around and I don't know, I w- I'd got home from band practice or whatever it was that I was doing on Sunday and had just not really clued into, Oh wait, I've got a new doctor who that I need to watch tonight. It just, it just didn't. And that that has never happened to me before. (laughs) Like my whole radar revolves around when doctor who happens. So this is a new phenomenon for me. Yeah. It's, I hope that's not a forbearing of things to come because, you know, we're so inundated nowadays and I be the first one to admit it i don't watch any tv show live doctor who or anything mm-hmm. you know that's what dvrs are for and mm-hmm. it's also better because there are a crap load of commercials on oh, bbc yes. america yeah that's true they stretch these you know 45 50 minute episode into almost an hour and a half mm-hmm. time slot because of mm-hmm. all the commercials exactly and it's ridiculous and, yes it is and especially you know we're streaming now. We don't even have cable anymore. And so when we're going through the commercials 
and you know you have to stop every couple of and it's like five minutes five minutes for commercials it's like wow (laughs) i always get i always worry that i you know did i miss a piece you know did i miss Mm -hmm. a segment or something like that right And, and it's just like you know and then you've it's just it's just craziness so you know they i wish they would do something about it you know i remember a couple of years ago with limited commercial breaks but that still mm-hmm. meant there was plenty of commercials and they they just yeah. got rid of that so yeah. the only way around that is if you pay for it i guess that's right and you know then we would be able to talk about it right away like we do now so there you go well that's true that's true and we all do pay for it because we're going to buy the season when it comes out on blu-ray you know, yeah, so of course. It, it, that's later on, but, but we are going to shell out money for it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. You know, it's interesting. I love how accurate in this episode. Yeah. I'm going back to the episode now, folks. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's about, yeah, we should uh, do that. Shouldn't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love how accurate they got, you know, like the whole Niagara Falls thing, the whole thing with the Warden Cliff Tower. Those were actual places. Those weren't just. Yeah. That was, and I'm what? Looking. Niagara Falls is an actual place? Ha, 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 ha. What are you talking about? Yeah, I went over <laughs> with a barrel. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just, it was pretty awesome. And I just, I loved it, you know, the whole thing. I didn't, the whole thing with them talking about, you know, the investors and people pulling out at the last minute. It's like, that's business, folks. I could tell you stories about that would turn your hair gray, you know, but it's, it's interesting. And I just like how, you know, Tesla wanted to see all the different technologies and saw the future of it, you know, how, you know, he basically invented Wi-Fi, you know, a hundred years before it was brought into the mainstream. And it's just, it's just awesome. Or being able to have the AC current, you know, wireless electricity. And it's just, it was just some of the things that they were showing and dropping the hints on. It was like, it was really awesome to see. And I loved how, oh, go ahead. 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 Sorry. No, all I was going to say is the one scene that really got me when they said, oh, go wait for Mr. Tesla in his lab. And they walked into the lab and it was almost an empty (laughs) room. Yes. I did like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting more. (laughs) I thought that was so cute. Oh, that was awesome. And I loved how he said, I have all the plans up here in my head. Yeah. It's just like, and it's like, he had to because people like Edison would have stole it, you know? Mm-hmm. Or he, and, you know, you saw that, like people sneaking up to his lab and taking pictures from the windows and everything. Yeah. And those were Edison's agents. Yeah. And everything. It was just awesome. Yeah. There's a great moment between tesla and the doctor where they're geeking out over being both being inventors and how they're connecting mm-hmm. over what that really means and how they love bringing an idea to life and and that was just such a great scene they had a lot of chemistry together mm-hmm. oh very much so and that's what and it's like jody just worked so well in this and why wasn't she wearing period costume why were all her companions in period outfits and she wasn't and nobody batted an eye. And nobody <laughs> batted an eye. She's walking down nobody the street. Asked, nobody commented on her strange clothing. <laughs> a woman wearing pants. And her exposed ankles. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, exactly. You have legs showing? Wow. Oh, how risque, madame. You know. Yeah. And, yeah, nobody noticed that. Um, and it's just, well, you get that a lot, though, because a lot of times you always had the companions, you know, in the old, especially the old series, dressing, you know, in period costumes. And the doctor still would be there wearing the long scarf and the suit and everything, you know, the jacket. Or, yeah. you know, Sylvester and with the little hat, the pillbox hat. and the, But I bro- feel like a lot of the classic doctors, their outfits were, they 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 didn't stand out as much. As either what Colin Baker wore or what Jodie Whittaker is currently wearing. I think that Eccleston's one um, kind of did. I mean, nobody had leather jackets back in Shakespeare's time. No. But um, but still, this just seemed, you know, very anachronistic. It just seemed like somebody should have pointed it out. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, it was a little jarring. They, they yeah. might have might have needed a little scene in there where, you know, somebody just goes, <gasps> you know, or makes a little comment. Yeah, or it would have been it would have been really fun to have like a period version of her costume. That would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it's also it's also interesting that this is the you know this one was about you know two great inventors when. A couple of episodes ago, we were at an inventor's fair where all these people were showing off all their, you know, futuristic gadgets. And so it's interesting that we've had that twice now in the same season. No, exactly. And it's it was really interesting. Did they ever say why the doctor actually was there in that time period? She was, Yeah, she was tracing the the energy reading, which was basically coming from that sphere. Okay. Because it was like they're already in, in period costumes, they're on the train, and yeah, why were they on the train? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was really that I that was a bad transition. Yeah, exactly. yeah, because totally. they just sort of all of a sudden appeared there. I was like, where oh, was the and train going? My... Why were they on it? <laughs> it was see, so there are. I mean, it was a good episode, but there are some holes. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I have a feeling some something got cut in editing due to time or that's, something. That's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but if it was any other Doctor Who story from this, from the Chimnall era, it would have started with the Doctor on the TARDIS and everything like that. And it was, you know, oh wait, we're getting these interests. Get into costumes, folks. We're going to visit Nikola Tesla. Woo! You know that type of thing. You know, yeah, and yeah, that's I how did. it would have started. Yeah, it, it makes. I remember a that taking the time to get to know the characters. First. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a big deal made before the season started that they were going to be doing the uh, the the cold open again this year. The pre-title sequence that happened one time in the first episode. Yep. Ever since then, it opens. <laughs> it starts with the opening credits. Dum dum dum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it is, it would have been great to get a little, to have the whole, you know, it opens Niagara Falls 1903, you know, something like that. (laughs) And then, you know, and have Tesla doing the speech and everything and then go, you know, and then she shows up, you know, I'm here to find an energy source and then go into the beginning, you know, or something like that. Well, and but I do felt like a cold, it could have been a cold open. Yeah, very easily. Yeah, really. It totally could have. And I do like that 
I, the, one of the reasons that I enjoyed it so much was that I got so immersed in Tesla's world without the doctor being there. You know, it was like it was it it was done well enough that it stood on its own. You didn't need to have the doctor to anchor it. And then when the doctor came in, it just made it that much better. It just made it more exciting. So I thought the the, the build from the beginning was really well done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. I agree with this one. I think, you know, it had a lot to offer. It flowed very easily. There was no lulls in story in this one. That's true. I agree with that. And that also that also picked it up for me. So yeah. I enjoyed that it was solid story from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So I really think, you know, I think I'll say this one was a winner. So <laughs> any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Let's go ahead and rate this one then. One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. I'll let Alan go first tonight. <clears throat> On the Chibnall scale, I'll say this one's a four. On the overall history of Doctor Who scale, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Whoa. Okay. It's, it's good for – it's a good episode for the Chibnall era. It's not – it's not a particular standout if you're considering all of Doctor Who. Okay. Fair enough. Mary. Uh, I think I'm going to give it a four just on, for my overall <laughs> scale. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't have its flaws. It does. Um, but it, I found it highly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I thought it was just a, a really nice piece of writing. There were some production issues. There were maybe some editing issues. But but overall, um, I mean, this one just had it had so much heart. It was very different from the one before it. It wasn't perfect, but it was so enjoyable. <laughs> and I definitely want to see more from this writer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of that, um, another thing that I posted on my Facebook is that the next two episodes are from the best two writers from last season, Vinay Patel, who did um, the Punjab episode, which was, wonderful. and um, Pete, I don't know if it's McTie or McTeague. Uh, he did, he wrote Kerblam last year. So the next two episodes I'm really thinking are going to be good. I have high hopes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give this one a four and a half, actually. Wow. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I'll like I said earlier, this is my favorite of the Jody era so far. And I'm so looking forward to, you know, seeing the what more this writer can do. Mm-hmm. You know, some of you know, some of the, the villain probably brought it down from a five for me. And I just that just was just like eh. they if they would have done the Spider Queen again, I would have been fine with that. Or something different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something completely different. Yeah. Instead of, you know, oh, these guys are just scavengers. They're big scorpions. And they look slightly familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, let's, you know. And that's what brought it down a notch. Because I've watched it three times already. And mm-hmm. each time it's enjoyable. It's great. And I am, I'm already looking forward to the spinoff. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> How many times did you rewatch Orphan 55? I was lucky to make it through the first. <laughs> you know. So this one, obviously, 
uh, works better for you than than last week's did. Oh, completely. You yeah, know, I I was nice. I gave it a two and a half last week. Oh wow, that's generous. Yeah, that was very generous of me. You know, <laughs> I think Mike Gordon gave it a three actually because he just wow felt, he felt guilty yeah. about it. Yeah, something, you know. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What did you think? Please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com or post something up on our Facebook group. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Tell us what you thought. As Alan mentioned earlier, we are going to be back again next week. And next week we are looking at the Fugitive of the Jadoon. Should be very interesting to see where this one goes because I think this one's tying into a little bit with the Master and everything what we've been finding out maybe more clues of what happened on Gallifrey. Yep. So hopefully we'll be able to find out some stuff. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. Alan, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. I always enjoy it. Can you have anything coming up, like any books re- released or anything like that or any uh, projects? Um, I've got uh, my publishing company, which is CosmicPress.com. It's K-O-Z cosmicpress.com and my most recent book is doctor who's greatest hits remastered it's a huge book that goes from the very first hartnell episode all the way up through the end of jody's first season and hits every highlight along the way so it's great and then i've got a a a children's picture book which i'm working on that's going to be out uh later in the spring and a couple of other things that is awesome. Yeah, I always love what you come out with. It's entertaining <laughs> and it's fun to read. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And Mary, you want to give a little bit of shout out for your stuff? Yes, you can find my artwork on mariogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Art. Thank you as always for being my co-host for this week. Oh, thank you. I'm glad we had a great episode to talk about. <laughs> yep. And let's keep the streak going, folks. That's yes. right, man. Exactly. We'll see you guys next faith. week. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. And we're out. Boom. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Hey, Adam, tell us. Yes, Thomas Mariani. You know how there are podcasts about bad movies? Yeah. And also podcasts about good movies? Yeah. Well, what if a podcast could cover both? What? Listen to Double Edge Double Bill, where a random selected yin and yang of a double feature is picked and then picked apart. Now, who came up with this wacky idea? Adam, we did. That's our show. I'm learning something new every day. Listen to us on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are available. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.